listening to Over the Oxa podcast with Tracy Cole for all things to do with the mind for equestrians. I love the fact that nowadays people are getting more and more into mindset, learning about the mind, thinking about psychology, protecting their own mental health. And there's a reason that, you know, people are interested in this. And if you think about professional riders, what they're doing inside their heads that the rest of us could make use of, maybe they're doing it very naturally. It's something that comes to them easily. Or maybe they've been coached into doing these things. For instance, visualizations. Lots and lots of professional athletes do that as part of their preparation. And I'm sure they're not doing it because they're dogmatically told, you must do this, but rather that they are seeing results because they do the visualizations. Other people advocate mindfulness or meditation. And so we're getting now to a point where people really are interested at all levels of riding to know what they can do to enhance what they've got. How can they change what goes on in their heads? And for me, I think that NLP is the strongest key. And I'm going to talk today a lot about NLP, what it is and how it could work for you. So when people are looking into these mindset modalities, it's not only confidence that they're looking for, but it it could be confidence. It's also that people have found that using things like NLP is often the difference that makes the difference. So these slim hairbreadth differences between huge success and a complete non-success And it's also to do with getting a non-success in life or in riding and being able to deal with it swimmingly and just keep going and knowing that actually that was a learning process. It may not have been pleasant, but that's what I went through and to take on board those experiences and to add them into your bank of experiences and skill. And so I think NLP is really, really useful in this respect because it really does give you the key to the mind. It tells you how the mind works, how the unconscious in particular works. I'll mention that in just a moment. And also, hopefully, it'll sound like something that you could delve into. You could look into it for yourself And you may feel that this is going to be for you the difference that makes the difference. So NLP then, the N stands for neuro, which is to do with the mind or the neurology. And it's not simply just mindset. It's not only having that strong mental strength, although that's a part of it, It's mental and emotional balance. And it's also the part that we talk about when we think about the mind-body connection. So I've got a handy little exercise for you right now. If you're not driving, if you're not operating any machinery, if you're not riding and you are fully able to move, 
Now you need full movement in your shoulders, in your shoulder joint to be able to do this. So if at any point you feel that it's a little bit too difficult for you, then don't do it. Or, you know, if you're suffering from an injury, please don't do it either. I want you to point one of your arms out to the side. Just just lift your arm up so that your arm is level with your shoulder top and point your index finger. And then what I want you to do is to just swivel round, just following that, that finger round so that you're twisting towards looking behind you. Okay, and I want you to just gently and comfortably rotate until you reach a point where it's it's hit your limit. Okay, so stay nice and comfortable and you're using that index finger to look at some point around you that you can remember, either, you know, a pattern on the wallpaper or maybe you can just get to that cupboard or just get to that window and you can think about that and you just kind of lodge that in your mind for a moment. That's how far I could go. And then put your arm down and then I want you to swivel so that you're looking behind you and you're looking just a little bit beyond, maybe six inches, 15 centimetres, just beyond where you were pointing. So you just turned and you can turn your full body for this. You can turn completely around. You don't need to do anything that's restrictive. Okay, now just take a little bit of information in about where that is just a few more degrees around the circle and just think about what's behind you, what it would be, what it looks like, how bright it is, the colours and so on. Okay, now go back to your original position, put your arm out like you had before so that your arm is level with your shoulder top, put your index finger into a pointing mode And now move around to the point where you can just feel that's your limit. Most people, and then relax, I should say relax. Most people go a little bit further the second time around, simply because they've got a bit more of an idea of what the next So the mind-body connection is really powerful, and we talk about that in NLP as well. And for riders, obviously the mind-body connection is everything. If you've got jelly legs or your hands are like concrete, then your riding isn't as effective as it could be. Moving on then to the L of NLP, the linguistic part. So this is the language and the words that we use and the wording that you use. And this again can make a huge difference. And it makes a difference in how you communicate with other people. So we learn about communication in NLP, verbal and nonverbal communication. And it's also how you communicate with yourself. It's that self-talk issue again. So in terms of the words, just to give you a bit of an example, you know, something like I should ride or I must ride, when people use must or should, they belong to a group of words that cut down our choices. They're words of necessity 
and they make us feel a bit hemmed in. They make us feel as though we really don't have a choice, that we are restricted. And so these words are not words that we would like to be using necessarily in NLP because the unconscious mind, and I'll tell you a bit more about the unconscious in a moment, but the unconscious mind likes choices and these words do the opposite. They they show us that that person has cut down their choices. So instead of saying I should ride or I must ride, then a really great way of rephrasing that is to say, I get to ride. And you can just try it on. You can think how it feels when you say to yourself, I have to ride or should ride, or I get to ride, how much more open that feels. And it's just that little tweak in the language that can change how you think and change how you behave. Another example is when people say that they are anxious or nervous. Well, anxiety is very, very similar, physiologically speaking, biochemically speaking, to excitement. And the changes that occur in our physical bodies when we're talking about anxiety and excitement are really, really similar in terms of things like heart rate and breathing in terms of whether we can think straight or thinking on a micro scale, the the hormones that are running around our bodies. So when you're anxious, you've labelled yourself as such, you've chosen that word or your mind's chosen that word as a descriptor, but sometimes changing the descriptor gives you a different feel. So instead of saying I'm anxious, when you say that I'm excited, you've got the same feelings, you've just labelled them differently and you start to think differently and therefore act and ride differently because of that. So the language section is a nice big chunky section and it's really, really useful to be able to understand communication at that level and in that detail and to be able to take on board some of the quick changes that I've mentioned and to be able to just reframe and rephrase how we express ourselves is is really, really impactful. And then the third part of NLP is obviously the P, the programming. This is all about the patterns that we run. If you think about the brain as a supercomputer that files away lots and lots of patterns, almost like a filing cabinet full of patterns, and what happens is that a lot of these patterns were set up, some even in the womb, and some when we were very young children, and some of them have been updated and some haven't. So we run these patterns and when you come into a new situation, your brain simply sifts through the filing cabinet, pulls out the one that is the nearest match and says, oh, it's just like this situation. So for instance, let's say you've just got a new horse and when you get a new horse, there's loads of firsts, the first hack, the first time in the school, the first time you turn out and so on. And if you think about having that new horse, your brain will pattern match to something you may not know what it is, that almost fits what you're doing. And if you've had great experiences, it will calm you down. It will tell you that everything's fine and that you're bound to do this absolutely beautifully. 
Whereas if you have had a bad experience, your brain will pattern match to that and remind you of that. And it might remind you quite loudly or quite softly. But in either case, it's telling you, oh, this is like that time. Just remember what happened last time. And it's not only for new experiences that our brain does that. It does it for all our experiences. And so it's pattern matching all the time. So an extreme example of this would be deja vu when you really feel like you've been to somewhere before or you've met someone or said something before. And your brain in that case is as strongly pattern matched as something else. But we're doing it from minute to minute, second to second. We are matching to something else. Now, those patterns are great. They allow us to do things automatically without thinking. But at the same time, some of them are a little bit outmoded. So some of them are causing us problems. They're being really unhelpful. They're holding us back. They're making us feel bad or anxious or angry or frustrated or tense. And so we need to update the patterns. And that's the programming part of NLP, that we can tweak these patterns. We can install completely brand new patterns or we can just tweak what we've got so that we're able to look at ourselves, our situations and our reactions and our actions in a different way. Now, NLP also, it could be said that it's kind of like an instruction manual for the mind. It's a guidebook for human beings because we don't come with instruction manuals. So this is a really handy way to get a grasp of what our mind is all about. The linguistic part is a little bit like using the language of the mind so that the mind understands what we're talking about. It's an unusual concept at times when you think about the unconscious mind. So the unconscious mind, sometimes called subconscious, but the unconscious mind is not the logical, analytical, critical thinking mind. Now that mind that makes sense of things and puts judgments and critiques on, that mind is the mind that thinks it's running the show. That's your conscious mind. And your unconscious mind is very much the powerhouse of the mind. It's where your memories and habits and your emotions are stored. So it's exactly where you want to be when you want to change something about your emotions, habits or memories or the emotions linked to your memories. So NLP looks at how our mind, our unconscious mind, processes information, processes all the information that it's taking in from the situation around us. So, for example, a situation by two different people could be categorized as a disaster or as a challenge. And it's kind of tending, pushing and coaxing us towards that challenge style of thinking, that that kind of mindset where we're not phased by what's happening. We don't see failure, we think of it as feedback. And that's a big part of NLP. There is no failure. There is only feedback. So that's a, that's something that a lot of people see. It's on social media memes. 
and, and it's come from NLP. And if you want to alter how your mind deals with events and experiences and situations, if you want to think about changing the high emotional triggers, the negative emotional triggers, then NLP does that as well. So it's not only a series of concepts, but we have techniques. So for some people, some of the concepts are enough to shift their mindset and shift how they think. You know, you can say to somebody about some of the words that I've been talking about, anxiety versus excitement or challenge versus disaster. And that's enough. They they start to think about it and they get that little push and they're fine. They can carry on in a more positive way. But for most people, they need something a bit stronger. And that's where the techniques come into play. And the techniques are of different styles depending on how that person has packaged together their problem in inverted commas. So you might have packaged it together very visually. Let's say you've got a disaster movie running through your head. Then we can go and use some techniques that use visuals and we can switch the visual so that your mind believes something more positive. You may also package that problem as a feeling. It might be something that you can't quite put your finger on, but you can feel it. And we've got, again, techniques that deal with emotions. It may be the chimp or the gremlin or the little devil on your shoulder, the mini-me, the self-talk. It might be that that's crushing and critical. And in that case, we've got other things that we can do. Usually in an NLP session, you would get a little bit of all of those because usually we've got a little bit of all of them that are making up our problem. But we can, we can kind of individualize a session towards how exactly your problem has been stored away. Has it been stored in a video format or audio format? Or is it that constant chat? And we can address all of those. So NLP can help us with mindset, how we view the world, how we can keep going after an adversity. It can help with mental health issues, anxiety, depression, and so on. And it can also be used for confidence, breaking habits, eliminating phobias, personal development, sports performance enhancement, things like goal settings, very big in NLP. It can help with sports psychology and coaching and different types of therapy. And it's also really important in bringing a rider to what's called the peak state. And the peak state is when you you feel so in the zone that your focus cannot be changed. You're so in the zone, you're so focused on what you're doing and how you're doing it and what you're doing next. And you have this 
inner belief and confidence. It's like this mental strength that you, you can just call upon. So that peak state and getting into it again is another aspect of NLP. At the heart of NLP, it's not just stuff you do inside your head. NLP is very much an action taking thing as well. So people are encouraged to go out and do stuff, not just live in their head and have their head thinking they're a great rider or being able to jump a five foot wall in their head, but to actually go out and do it. And one of the concepts that I really like about NLP and I like about achieving what you want to do is that by focusing on where you want to be and what you want to do, then whatever you're thinking about consistently, you tend to place your energies there and your effort there. And because of that, you tend to move towards it. So I really like that. Focus on what you want. Consistently have that beautiful vision of what you want. And that will be of great communication to your unconscious mind. Use your words with care. And also think about the fact that you can change and tweak anything in your thought processes and behavior. We are not set in stone everything is changeable. All those patterns can be enhanced, eliminated, removed, deleted, or they can be reinstalled in a completely different way. So it's all nice and open and possible. And I think NLP is a great way to address anything that's going on inside your head that you're not very pleased about. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thanks ever so much for listening. Take care and I'll see you again very soon. 